somebody with a testimony ought to take about 60 seconds and give him a praise because he did it. Somebody praise him because he did it. Hallelujah.
shout Give God the glory Give God the glory Hey Hey Somebody give him tonight let me hear you if God's ever done a miracle for you tonight how many of you know that there's a second dimension of the miraculous because the Bible said that as they walked away there was one of them that looked and saw what God had done for them and they turned and they began to worship Jesus. And when they begin to worship over the top of their miracle, God said, I'm not just going to heal you. I'm going to make you whole again. I came to tell somebody, there's another dimension to your miracle tonight. If you'll turn loose and give him some praise, God's about to take your miracle to the next level. Somebody ought to turn loose for a few moments and praise him for what he's done. Praise him.
just remain in this posture of worship right where you're standing tonight. I want to thank God for bringing Brother Timothy and Sister Brooke, a beautiful little baby boy, on Friday. Come on, let's give God the praise. Let's continue to remember everybody that's traveling for the holiday this week. Many people are on the road already. Uh, ask God to keep his hand upon them and protect them. I got one question. Did anybody come hungry uh, for God to do something in your life tonight? You can shout with the beat, but can you shout with the meat tonight? Come on, you can shout with the beat, but how many of you are ready to shout with the meat tonight? Sister Holt to come tonight uh, and deliver the word of the Lord to the house. Uh, how many of you are ready to jump in the chariot uh, and ride with the voice of God tonight? Uh, clap your hands one more time uh, and give God your best praise uh, as she comes to deliver the word of the Lord tonight. The devil thought he had me. He thought I was dead. He thought that I would give up and never dance again. tonight but I'm gonna take my time and be quick you can stay right where you're standing I thank God for everything that he's doing in the Rock Church of Fort Myers I thank God for wonderful leadership there's no greater in my opinion there's no greater leadership for me on this planet I thank God for my children I thank God for my my daughter-in-law my little grandbaby that's on the way I thank God for the saints of the Most High God right here in this city in this church, in the name of Jesus, amen? Gonna jump right into this. We're gonna be reading out of 1 Samuel 17, 29, and then Romans 8 and 31. I do apologize, media. 1 Samuel 17, 29, Romans 8, 31. 1 Samuel 17, 29, and, and David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Romans 8, 31, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us. I said, if God, you know, sometimes I've read that passage as God going before me. But what this is saying, that God is actually for me. It says, if God be for us, who can be against us? And just for a quick moment, I want to preach, is there not a cause? Why don't you raise your voices to heaven this morning? Is there not a cause? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, pour out of your spirit in this place. Anoint these lips of clay. God, as we prepare our hearts for a pure manifestation of your presence made visible, God, I pray that you would quicken our spirits, that you would put a burden in us, oh God, that you would have put an uncontrollable fire deep down on the inside of 
of us, Jesus. God, that we continue to stand for truth and righteousness and holiness. God, that we refuse to bow to the gods of this world. That we would hold up the bloodstained banner, Jesus. Because there is a cause. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. You may take your, you may take your seats if you choose. What, what shall we say this? These things, if God be for us, ask your neighbor who can be against us. David was a young sibling of eight, keeper of the sheep, insignificant and unimportant in the eyes of some of his family members, if not all. But he was a young lad who gained the heart of God. God called him a man after his own heart. The word came one day that he would be anointed by Samuel. Samuel was directed by God to go to the house of Jesse, the Bethamite, for he provided a king, himself a king. God said, for I have provided me a king. Samuel gets to the house of Jesse and lines up his boys in order, starting from the oldest to the youngest. The first one was Eliab, which means God is my father. Samuel looks upon Eliab and thinks, hmm, this guy looks like the right fit. Surely he's to be king. And I thought about that. Didn't Samuel just, didn't Saul just get kicked out for looking the part? How do we go to another one and look on the outer appearance for a king? The Lord's anointed is before me, he said. He looks perfect. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look, not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man sees. For man looketh on the outer appearance, but God the Lord looketh on the heart. If you were to flip your Bible a few books forward, you would come to the Psalm, which would read passages Psalms of David that would say, oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praises, even with my glory. You see, he was a king. We don't talk about wealth when it comes to monarchy. That's a whole nother different level of riches. David was a king. Anything that he asked for, he was granted. And he said, even in this glory, in this kingdom, in my position, I worship the Lord. I bow before the Lord. Sometimes we get that mistaken in this earthly realm that whatever it is that we make, whether it's $20 an hour, $30 an hour, first of all, it doesn't even come to the scale of monarchy. Because if you think of Queen Elizabeth and, and Diana and their kingdom, that wealth is astronomical. This is something that David was experienced. So how dare we come before the Lord thinking that we have so much money and so much possessions uh, that we are afraid to get on our faces before the Lord uh, and begin to give him glory uh, and honor that's due unto his name. He says, awake sultry and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises unto them among the nations. Psalms 101, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto the Lord. Will I sing? Will I behave myself wisely in a perfect way? Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? David, a man's after God's own heart, was always beckoning for the presence of God. So much that even Saul, when he was vexed by a spirit that God sent, would call for the psaltery, would call for David to come play and play the 
his spirits away. You know, I thought about that, Bishop. God sent that evil spirit to Saul. But when David would play the psalm and the, and the instruments, he would cause that spirit that he sent to leave. David was a man after God's own heart. So Samuel proceeds to the next son, Abinadab, which means father of nobleness, father of nobleness or noble. And God said, no. Samuel proceeds to the third eldest, Shema, and it's a no. It's a no for the fourth, for the sixth, for the seventh. And Samuel turns to Jesse and says, hey, is this all you got? Is there another son? Is this everybody? And Jesse responds, there remaineth the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. Samuel says, go and get him and bid him to come. And I'm going to stand right here. I'm not even going to take a seat until he comes. David returns from this field. God confirms this with Samuel, that he is to be king right in front of Eliab, right in front of Adminadab, and right in front of Shema and the rest of the family. Now we fast forward. A certain day comes around for David, and his brothers were in battle with the Philistines. His brothers, Abinadab, Eliab, and Shema, were there on the battlefield with the Philistines. And then Jesse sends David on an errand. He said to go take some food and some other items to your brother. David, at that point, just having returned from Saul's palace, playing the harp, getting rid of the evil spirits, putting the king that is, that is the king that is present, the future king, putting the king that is in present at rest in his spirit. He immediately rose and obeyed the commandment of Jesse. He got the items that he needed and he headed out to the battlefield. And when David arrived to the battlefield, I can only imagine him observing what he had seen. Do we have, have any Bible readers in the house tonight? At this point, Goliath was in the battlefield, I believe 40 days, taunting, bullying, threatening, laughing at the men of Israel who stood back with their armor sharp and their shields shined in oil down and their shins and everything that protected them, their helmet and their breastplate, beautified and ready to go. But at the same time, when this Goliath would come and present himself out of the armies of the Philistines, they would tuck their tail in between their knees and run back all armored and all ready for battle, but afraid to do anything with it. So David comes on the scene. And I can imagine him like, but what they had not been known is that while David diminished or dim belittled as a shepherd boy, was on the backside of the field fighting bears and lions, and not only that, developing a strong covenant relationship with the lover of his soul. It's those secret places that God begins to develop us and train us and get us ready for a battle that we may ensue one day. You never know what that day will be, but you gotta stay ready. There's nothing worse than a soldier coming to battle afraid and scared and not ready to use the sword that he's been given. I imagine him arriving on the scene Immediately going to his brothers, hey, I got this for you. Man, what's going on? Why aren't we fighting? I didn't picture it like this. 
what's going on? <laughs> the Bible says that the Philistines were on one side, the men of Israel were on the other, and there was a valley that departed or divided them. And out comes, just as David, I imagine him talking to his brothers, trying to come up to speed with what's going on, because I, I don't imagine it was anything like he thought. And out comes this Philistine. Maybe it was the same time, the same day, and the same hour, ready to taunt, ready to threaten, ready to tempt, ready to challenge the men of Israel. And within seconds, he saw his brothers, his three brothers, the brothers that he may have looked up to, the brothers that he may have thought the world of. He saw them run away from the giants along with the other men's of, men of Israel. I could see David staring around in disbelief. Like some of us. Wondering what is going on in a church with power and anointing and the presence of God that is for us. And yet their services are locked up and people are locked up and there is nothing going on. And because the masses aren't getting with the program, you tuck your tail in between the legs. I'm telling you, the masses don't run this. The spirit of the living God runs this. That spirit dictates what will happen in this atmosphere when you submit to the power of God. It makes me wonder, how possible could it be, First Lady? And I'm sorry, I'm going to get on this with you every moment of my life. When we come in on a Sunday morning and the giants of this world have been tormenting and bullying the people out there who don't know what you know or what you have in here. And you sit on your pew at the time of pre-service prayer. Is there not a call? Oh, I feel like preaching. Somebody prayed for you when you were stuck in your sin. Somebody prayed that you would be delivered out of the miry clay from the bondages of sin. We have a responsibility that when every person enters into this church, that we are on guard, that our shields are sharpened, that our shield is oiled, and that we are positioned to slay every giant, every demonic influence, every wall of the devil that has these people locked up in their minds. These men, as they scurried back, and Goliath is out there like, you don't want it. You don't want the smoke. At this point, it was entertainment for him. I ain't finna hang around 40 days. You don't want the smoke? I'm gonna walk away like, okay. But there was a cause. Because he said, Goliath said, if we win, then we defeat all of you. And you become a slave to us. But if you win, you defeat us. And we become, it was territory that they were fighting for. 
pre-service prayer is territory that we are fighting for. And if you're sitting behind disconnected and not engaged, shame on you. So these men begin to bring David up to speed. David, what's up? What you doing here, young lad? You're just a shepherd boy. You smell. Where's the sheep? Who's? He's saying, is there not a cause? What did Saul say he would give the man that would slay this uncircumcised Philistine? And here's Saul offering his daughter, go figure, ladies, riches, a tax-free life. You don't have to ever pay taxes again. I'll put you in a nice house, give you a nice car for free. Just, just somebody, some brave person out of the many thousands that are here. Just one man, just because we're scared. So he keeps up in the ante and up in the ante and guess he has no takers because they scurred. And David says, what did he offer? Those are trinkets. This man defies the army of the living God. What shall be done to this uncircumcised Philistine? Is there not a cause? And then his own brother Eliab, with his own nice name, father of something, looks to David upset, angry, because he didn't have the gut or the goal or the backbone to stand up himself. Eliab, you've been here for 40 days, bro. Don't try to belittle me and talk about me and who I am. You know, I'm tired of the people of God looking at the new converts, looking at somebody that's on fire and saying, hey, you're too much. What are you doing? You don't have to run like that. You don't have to shout like that. Oh, wait, just give them a few minutes. They'll simmer down. The enemy will attack them. Is there not a was there when Samuel took the horn, the oil, and poured it on David. I can imagine him standing back like, I'm supposed to be king. No, Eliab, the man after God's own heart is going to be king. Turn to your neighbor, ask him, is your heart right? It's God that is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You will never be promoted by God or gain such a position of power and authority. And guess what? Great responsibility if your heart ain't right with God. And if your heart ain't right with this man, our bishop, and this woman, guess what? Your heart's not right. Is there not a cause? I just want to know one thing. You ready, Brother JJ? You gonna put more volume on that? Okay. <laughs> are there any of God's people in this house tonight who are tired of sitting back and observing the giants of this generation rear its ugly head? The giants of social media. The giants of various news reporting platforms the giants of the public school systems, the giants of the hip-hop and entertainment industries, the, the giants of professional sports and television, the giants that are using their intellectual influence in the higher learning institutions to indoctrinate the minds of this nation, the 
giants of the destructive anti-God ideologies expressed by the political figures um, from the president on down to the political activists. Um, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, gender fluidity, gender equality, legalists lobbying for legalism, socialists lobbying for socialism, nationalists, convers cons whatever, atheists, agnostics, and even narcissists. We live in a society that is so smart and according to 2 Timothy 3 and 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Is there not a cause? On November 6, 2022, Bishop preached, beware of tired. On November 8th, 20. 22, Pastors for Laza, losing control. Brother, Brother Judah Williams, history has his eyes on you. Pastor Trevor Sloss, bread, fish in the master's hand. Pastor Hammond, secret sins. Bishop, murder in the church and the lost ministry of reconciliation. Bishop, seeing O'Baron. First Lady, the deception of offense. What are we doing here with all this great preaching? Getting spiritually fat. But when we come to the battlefield uh, to face Goliath, uh, we don't have what it takes uh, and we run in scared. This ain't a time to be in your phones texting. This ain't a time to sit down in your pew disconnected. I know most of us fill our bellies in between services and try to get through the nights, but this is Sunday Night Live, and I want to ask you, is there not a cause? Evangelist Copeland, give God everything you have. Evangelist Copeland, it's too late to have church as usual. One thing I can't stand is a bully. It's too much. It's overwhelming. I had bullies in my life. And I was once scared because I didn't know how the battle would turn. But every day, day to day, day to day, day to day, I got tired. I said, if I lose this, I don't care. But I'm going down with a fight. We ought to get that same way about us. I don't, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Is there not a cause? We've had communion and foot washing and Holy Ghost series, and some of us have had this for the 10th, 12th, 14th, and 16th year. God is wanting a major outpour of his spirit in this last day. And if you are connected with the maker and where he moves in his mind and his heart, you should want it too. You should want it more than wanting a home, wanting cars, wanting cryptocurrency, or trying to seek some kind of position where people can hear you and you can just cast out your ideologies. God's word stands forever. It doesn't matter what you think politically. It doesn't matter. 
you think. It's the word of God that keeps us. Everybody turn around and look to the back. Everybody turn around and look to the back. Ushers, can you kind of open the doors, please? Outside of these walls and through those doors, God is wanting an outpour, just like on the day of Pentecost. Can you imagine it? Brother Donnelly, Brother Pat will be here from morning service to evening service and midnight because the people will be lined up from around the corner to the baptistry. Where are you going to be? Are you going to be at McDonald's? Are you going to run away because you're tired or because you have secret sin or you refuse to get all that offense out of your heart? People of God, are you done letting your, letting your flesh overwrite the spirit? All this preaching, did you get yourself right? Did you clean your house out? Because they ain't up here for nothing. God ain't talking to this church for nothing. People of God, did you get that hatred and that jealousy out of your heart? I got it out of mine. Did you get all of that self-interest and self-motivating and all about self? Did you get that out of your heart? I got it out of mine. Did you go back and listen to the preaching until you felt a move of God shake you? Until it left you? Because I did. There's no more time for games. The year of the open door. For me, it's still ready. And it's not closing. I got the offense out of my heart. I got the secret sin. I sing, O barren. I know what God can do with the fishes and the loaves. I'm okay to lose control. But I'm going to tell you right now. I had a cousin who passed in California. Many of you know that I traveled there years ago and gave the gospel to my family and they responded immediately. And it's just not my family. I wish some of you could go with me. Some of you have. But when I'm on the streets, these people are coming to me and saying, you look like an angel. What they're seeing is the light that John bore. The light that shines in the world. He was not, he was not that light. I'm not an angel, I'm not, but I am a light bearer. I looked at the desperation in their eyes and I'm taking that passion and compassion here to the streets. Whoever you run into, whoever you see, you gotta look at them, Pastor Hammond. You need to come to church with me. You need God in your life. We have to get up and fight. So my cousin who was baptized in 2020 lost her life to cancer. The cancer was septic. And I remember in the morning, First Lady praying, crying my eyes out 6 a.m. or earlier because I knew I was about to take a flight. Sister Pack knows. I talked to her while I was there. I believe God will raise her up. God, raise her up. She'll serve you. God, help her. 
Don't let this be the end of her. She has children, small children. But God said it not so. He took her life. And he knows. He's sovereign. Everybody breathing in this house, you listen to me. You got family members that if you don't do something, if you don't get up and fight, they're going to go to hell. Well, why doesn't God save them? Well, why doesn't God do it? Well, why did God send David to the battle? Is there not a cause? He don't put a spirit inside of us so he can do everything. He has called us to the forefront of the battlefield. Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Are you satisfied with just yourself being in heaven? Because if I'm not mistaken, I read something where they looked over and they saw those that were damned. Tabitha, why didn't you tell me? I worked with you for 20 years. You ever thought about hell? No, because you're not going there, right? <laughs> I read something in a book where a man died. He said that he was immediately taken faster than the speed of light towards this light. And when he got there, it was a throne room of God. He said, I don't have the words to describe what heaven is like, but it was the absence of all evil. What you feel there, he couldn't even describe it. We don't know what that's like because we're born in sin and shaping in iniquity. We've always been in environments of sin and evil. And then he was brought back. And it wasn't his time, he said, because it was time for him to tell somebody about Jesus. Is there not a cause? Where are my, where are my kids at? Come here. Right down here. Jada, Jackie, Cedric, Rome. When I was a single parent outside of the will of God in sin, I thought it was an inconvenience to have to do the mothering day in and day out. Jackie, where are you? Get over here, girl. I cursed at these kids. I talked bad to them. I said horrible things to them. I hope they don't remember. I worked a lot. That was my escape from my responsibility. I was mad at their father for leaving us. Well, I left him, but you know. <laughs> he didn't want to work. <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies. If he ain't working, he got to go. Is there not a cause? Is the rent not a cause? When we came to the Rock Church, Rome was in a little baby carriage, Sister uh, Teresha. And the moment I stepped in that church, I said, this is what I was missing all my life. If I would have still been in that state, these kids would not be here, Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name and going forth for the Lord. My seed. <laughs> is there not a cause? You young people, come on. Oh, yeah. Come on, Rihanna. Come on, Jayla. Olivia. Kiki, let's go, baby. Come on, you're on the spot. Get up. 
Come on, Tylin. Twyla, you're still young-ish. <laughs> Sam, Jazzy, these young men, Brother Darren, that's not your name, I'm sorry, can't think of it. Sorry, Desmond, Brother Desmond, love you, man. Javon, Brother Nick, there's a cause. It's a cause. And it's greater than just getting dressed up and coming here. I'm not trying to put you on the spot tonight. My heart is heavy. You're living in a different world that I grew up in. Still sin, still sin, nothing new under the sun. I grew up in a hip hop industry, Dr. Dre, Easy, e um, you name them, 50 Cent, Tupac. I was thugging, I was, had my gun on my hip, doing all that. And I remember them, oh life, pouring out to the homies. They were ready to die for a cause. And you know where that cause got them? Preston. I didn't see you, son. It got them in an eternal damnation. Came up under PJC Project Crip. My uncle was a Crip. I tried to be a Crip. <laughs> Never was in me. But I wanted to fit in. I wanted to belong because of abuse and hatred. And I start to hate myself because of the choices that other people made to cause me harm. So I looked for acceptance, and that's where I found it. My uncle took me in, showed me some things, had me out, shot at some people. My life, I could be in prison right now because I'd done something very dumb. And I went before the judge, and I was guilty. I pray the statute of limitation is over. <laughs> Or else I'm going to jail. <laughs> Y'all come see me holding it down. <laughs> Jackie wouldn't have been here. Rome wouldn't have been here. Cedric wouldn't have been here. Jada wouldn't have been here. I was on the run with my son, Preston. Dude, young people who think that this whole life is so glorified. It's a joke. I was on the run with my son, you remember. Had to meet my mom in a hotel just to see him. Thugging it. Trying to be down for the streets. I'll die for this. Ignorant. And I just want to ask you, is there not a cause? Your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. If you're flirting with the idea of the curiosity of what's in the world, come, come holler at me. If you're entertaining relationships with men out in the world, come holler at me. Or you can holler at them. <laughs> Fatherless, poverty, welfare. You have a parent that loves God and and in this house, and you were raised in this house, you need to go hug their necks right now. You're not missing a single thing. And hear me, young people, young men. David was young. 16, 14, young. Young, 
Cedric, how old was Pastor Raul Avier when he started pastoring? 14. Don't ask me why I know that. <laughs> I have a talk with these kids all the time. All the time. There's more to this than what you've experienced in your young lives. But there's a king and a queen in all of you. And outside is a world filled with people that were just like me. That need a savior. Don't trade your places with them. It's not worth it. There's a cause. If God has anointed you after the Holy Ghost, lift your hands. Why don't you throw away that social media and find your cause? Hallelujah, Jesus. Parents, where are your voices? <laughs> Why don't you meet your children right here? <laughs> Is there not a cause? If you're a Holy Ghost filled parent in this house, meet your babies right here. <laughs> Why aren't you challenging them? Why are you catering to them? <laughs> Is there not a cause? <laughs> Why aren't you helping them sharpen their iron and keep their sh shields oiled? Parents, you have an obligation. I have an obligation. Hear our Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I shall love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, all thy mind, with all thy strength. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children. When thou walkest in the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Is there not a cause? Parents, if you don't take this thing seriously, they won't. And you can't expect them to try to figure it out on their own when you didn't train them. Make them work for what they want. Tell them to put down the phones. That's indoctrination. Esther, where are you? David, where are you? Is there not a cause? <laughs> 